like to welcome you into our home, but I today I feel like I should thank you for help welcoming us into your home because it's just, uh, again, what a blessing to be able to join you this morning via the, whether it be over the phone or over the internet. Uh, it's just wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to know that we can worship together even though we're not with one another in person, we are still worshiping with one another today. And you know, as we sang that song about praising, praising God and you know, the days of Elijah, that's a wonderful song. I hope you joined us during the time of praise and worship. Because I, you're going to hear today how important it is that we as God's people praise Him. How important it is that we worship Him. I believe that we can pray this praise, I should say, pray and praise this coronavirus gone. I believe that we can. And I believe we'll see an example in Scripture today that reveals that we can do that. This morning I titled my message, Our Help Comes From the Lord. And indeed, our help does come from the Lord. God is so faithful. You know, today, not only our nation, but many nations of the world find themselves thrust into the midst of extraordinary circumstances caused by this virus known as coronavirus or COVID-19, whichever you would like to call it. And you know, I did print out some stats just yesterday, and I, just, just to, I know that we've all seen a lot of the news, but just to share a little bit of how bad and how, how important it is. In Italy, the death toll rose Thursday to 3,405 people. That is to count the highest, or to date, the highest in the world. So Italy has lost more people to this than any other nation. California's governor ordered his state's 40 million residents to stay home except for, ex for essential activities. It is the most dr dramatic measures so far taken in the United States where their cases have doubled in just two days. More than 245,000 coronavirus cases have been confirmed across the globe. President Trump is planning to place a limit on travel between the U.S. and Mexico and also between the U.S. and Canada. China, meanwhile, a little glimmer of hope, glimmer of that it's you know, going to end. They announced for the second day in a row that they had no new cases. Praise the Lord for that. That's good news to know that you know, this will you know, come to an end. Dr. Anthony Fuchi. Fauci, okay, Fauci. I will need help with some name. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, said Friday that Americans will likely have to continue to stay at home and practice social distancing at least for the next several weeks. <clears throat> Fauci. <laughs> you know, as believers, as believers in Jesus Christ, I hope that we can all agree with this verse that I'm going to share with you. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to repeat that. God has not given us, His children, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You know, Though saying that, there's no way that we can be completely outside of or unaffected by the panic and the fear that has struck so many people in our nation. We've all seen the scenes at the grocery stores, or we've been there and we've seen them, right? 
We've seen the empty shelves. It kind of began with the toilet paper. It disappeared from the shelves. But it has went to other things. Hand sanitizer, disinfectant, uh, bread, milk, eggs, all those things. You know, the meats, they're just clearing off the shelves about as fast as they can put them on there. Panic has seemed to set in. I, I believe that you know, a lot of it's because many's been ordered to work from home. Schools have been closed. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty about how long is this going to last? Is it going to last for two weeks? Or is it going to last for four weeks? Or is it going to last for a couple months? We don't know. But this thing has definitely altered our lives in many ways. As I look out here this morning, I realize it has altered our lives in many ways. But I'm preaching to thousands at home. Amen? From God's my lip to God's ears, right? You know, many states have closed all restaurants except for pick-up and drive-through. They've closed museums. They've closed theaters. They've closed bars. They've closed casinos. They've closed schools. They've closed any, many of them have any places where there's large gatherings. They've closed them down. You know, I'm sure that a lot of the mad rush at the markets began whenever they first closed the schools down because all those hungry kids are going to be home and they eat a lot. So they need a lot of food. Plus, a lot of the adults are even going to be home because of order to work from home. So they may normally eat out. Now they're going to be eating at home. So that, and for many of us, it's just because that survivalist instinct has kicked in. We better stockpile a little bit in case this lasts a lot longer than we think. But no matter what we see, no matter what we hear, we are not to be given to fear. It may take a long time, but we know that God is with us. They interviewed a supermarket employee in the Northwest, and he said that bottles of hand sanitizer, they would put them on the shelves, they completely restocked the shelves, and with 20 minutes they were all gone. He said, meat, it's just gone immediately. Dry goods and stuff is all gone within hours. It is just kind of crazy. But what are we to do? What are we to do as believers? God commands that we put our confidence and our trust in Him. God wants us to have faith in Him and He wants us to live by His Word. Isn't that a good word today? He wants us to live by His Word. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, and this is for God's people, God's children that are listening today. It says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear. That one is up there. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. God will not leave you nor forsake you. Likewise, in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, it says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know, I know that this source of fear that has gripped many, that has attacked many, is an invisible enemy. I know that it, you can take that virus and put it under a microscope and you can see it. I know I've seen images of what it looks like. But for the naked eye, for those of us, it's an unseen enemy. 
You don't know that that doorknob you just grabbed didn't have that virus on it. You don't know that that keyboard you just typed on at work doesn't have the coronavirus on it. It's an invisible enemy. You cannot see it. But we are not to fear. Today, my scripture, my main scripture is going to be from 2 Chronicles. And it's King Jehoshaphat. There was an enemy that came against them that they could see. They seen the armies come against them. And he was gripped by fear. Whether the enemy is seen, whether it's that evil person that you see coming at you or that army coming to get you, or whether it is an unseen enemy, the same actions that King Jehoshaphat had taken back then apply to us today. The same actions. And we're going to hear what Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah did in that day. 2 Chronicles 20, verses 1-13. through 13. And it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared. But listen, he did not let fear cripple him. He didn't go into panic. Even though he knew that this army that was coming against him was much, much greater than his army. You know, I likened it, I was, as I think about this and ponder this thing in my heart, when I think of Judah's little army against the armies of Ammon, Moab, and, the, and those that came against them, it would kind of be like the Frankfurt High School football team, that little high school football team, going against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl champs. That's about what it would be like. They'd, have, they'd have not have a chance, not one chance. And he knew that. He knew that. He did the right thing, though. And here's what King Jehoshaphat did. And he set himself to seek the Lord and to proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. So when he feared, he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. I'm going to ask all those listening today, all those that are hearing my voice, are we serious about praying about the situation we are in? Are you truly serious about it? Are you serious enough to fast? And pray. Are you serious enough to maybe skip one meal a day for the next couple days? Or maybe one day? Whatever the Lord leads you to. Are you serious enough about this situation to fast and to really be serious about pray, prayer? About praying about the state that we find ourselves in. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God in heaven? Are you not, or do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not 
our God, who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever, and they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. May God add His blessings to the hearing and the reading of His holy word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You. Thank You for this amazing word. This amazing word from Your Scripture from Second Chronicles. Father, we, we know that we need not fear. We can know that You are with us. We know that, Father, we have no power over this, but we know that You do. For You are the God that created the heavens and the earth and all that is in it. Father, we know that You are the God that gives us the very breath to give us life. And Father, we trust our lives to You. Father, we trust this nation to You. Father, we cry out to You in our time of affliction and pray that You will hear, that You will hear our voices, Father God, and that You will heal our land. Father God, that You will heal those that have been infected. And Father, that You would protect the rest from being infected, Father God. We just pray that you would be with us, that you would help us through this time. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. <clears throat> you know, we're encouraged to never use, in our, in our relationships with our spouses, to not use the words never or always. You know, like, well, you always do that. No, I don't. She doesn't always do that. Or say, we well, you know, honey, I'm never going to argue with you again. Well, Right, that's only going to last until the next time we disagree, right? Then I'm probably going to argue, because I'm stubborn like that. <laughs> but I can tell you this, when God says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you, we can trust His promise. When God says it, you can believe it. We know that He will honor His word. If you've, ever, if you've studied the Scriptures a fair amount, you will know that there were not many kings of Israel that were faithful. Not many that were faithful. I get a chuckle. There's only a couple of us here and I get a chuckle. There were not many that were faithful. But Jehoshaphat was one of the few kings of Judah that was a good king. He was faithful. Now, he was not perfect, mind you. We know that David wasn't even perfect. But he did have some good qualities. In 2 Chronicles chapter 19, one prior to the, what, where we read, verses 1 through 3, it says, Then Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned safely to his house in Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of... I'm going to get some of these names wrong. I know it. I'll just give you a fair warning. Hananiah, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked 
and love those who hate the Lord. Therefore, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Nevertheless, good things are found in you. Well, that's a good encouraging word, right? Nevertheless, Jehoshaphat, there are good things that are found in you, in that you have removed the wooden images from the land and have prepared your heart to seek God. Hallelujah. You know, many of Israel's kings and Judah's kings, they would allow the false gods of the neighbors to come into their land. They would put up the poles and the graven images on the high places and they'd bow down to them. My friends, our God is a jealous God. We are not to worship other gods along with our God. We're not to have any graven images, but we're to worship the one true God, the God of heaven. Secondly, Jehoshaphat prepared his heart to seek God. He removed the wooden images. He prepared his heart to seek God. Jehoshaphat again knew that his army was no match for the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. There's no way in the natural that he was going to defeat those combined armies. Many families across America today probably feel like Jehoshaphat. There are so many things coming against them. So many things that this pandemic has caused. Businesses close. They're wondering, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pay the house payment? How am I going to pay the car payment? How am I going to afford to buy groceries? I don't know how long I'm going to be off work. We're not allowed to gather in large places. Or places with large amount of people, I mean to say. It's leaving many families just hanging in limbo, having no idea how long this is going to last. I know that many of us at the beginning had hopes that, oh, this is only going to last a couple weeks and it'll all be over. But most likely, it could take much longer. That is in the natural. In the natural. I truly believe today that we as a nation should take some cues from King Jehoshaphat. Number one, just as he removed the wooden images, he removed the sinful practice of worshiping false gods. I believe that was the most vital thing that he needed to do before he sought the Lord. We as a nation should come together first in repentance. I'm not saying that God has brought this pestilence upon our nation. Friends, we are living in a fallen world. Pestilences happen. But what I am saying is, I believe that we as a nation need to humble ourselves and repent. We need to repent before we seek the Lord. Because 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So if we as a nation as a whole are sinful, we need to repent so that He will hear our cries for help. Jehoshaphat the king, he kind of took the role of the priest in our passage, didn't he? He stood in the assembly of Judah, in the house of the Lord. And my friends, this is a prayer. This is basically a prayer that he's pleading before the Lord. He says, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? 
Well, yes, He is. And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? Yes, He does. And in your hand, is there not power and might? Yes, there is. So that no one is able to withstand you. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of the land before your people? Yes, He is. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple in your presence. For your name is in this temple, and we will cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. My friends, we as a nation need to cry out to God. We need to stand before God, or bow before Him, whichever, but cry out to God in our time of need. He also said, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, their children, stood before the Lord. Wouldn't that be a wonderful sight? If the peoples of this nation, the husbands, the wives, the children, with, even with their little ones, go out and stand before the Lord. Seek the Lord. Put our eyes upon Him, not upon our circumstances. We are in the midst of a pandemic that, like we've never experienced in our lifetimes. I've never experienced anything like this in my lifetime. Where states are basically shutting everything down except for the most essential businesses, the most essential needs. As Karen already alluded to, the most common buzz phrase today is social distancing. I mean, that's, we're hearing about it at work. Keep at least six feet away. Well, I feel like I need to take a tape measure. Back off. You're a little too close. Social distance. We don't like that. I don't like social distancing. I did not want to cancel church. Why? Because I like to shake hands. I like to give and get hugs. I don't like it. But friends, be encouraged. God is still in control. God is still on the throne. Joshua 1, 8 and 9 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So when we make the book of the law part of our lives, we meditate on it, then we will be prosperous, then we will have good success. Verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong, be of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. If you do not hear anything else that I've said today, if you don't get or catch anything else, please let this penetrate into your hearts. That the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. But be of good courage. Please receive that today. Receive that if you receive nothing else. That the Lord will be with you wherever you go. Also in Psalms 121, 1 and 2, I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence my help comes from. 
My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. Our help is the Lord. Amen? You know, I shared all that about Jehoshaphat and the armies that came against him. And you know, it wouldn't be near as encouraging of a word if I didn't share the rest of the story. Remember old Paul Harvey? And now, friends, for the rest of the story. Verses 14 through 24 in chapter 20. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Aspha in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Again, receive that, friends. The battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe His prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. How about that? He appointed those, remember I said in the beginning how important that we praise and we sing. He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. They were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies falling on the earth. Not one had escaped. Not one. This is amazing. Ammon and Moab fought against Seir. Once they finished them off, they turned on one another. Not one was left. I find that amazing. You got down to the last two. And the one killed the one and the other, well, then he just fell on his own sword. Not one soldier was left. No one. Judah did not even lift a finger. Their army didn't lift one, one little finger. But what they did lift was their voices. Which I'm losing mine. They lifted their voices to God and praised Him. And the battle was God's. He, when they started praising, God started wiping them out. My friends, let's praise this virus out of here. Let's praise it gone. Let's praise God and worship Him. And watch Him work. 
in the natural, they would have been destroyed. But they trusted in the supernatural God, the God of heaven. And the victory was theirs. When Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah, when they came to take the spoil away, there was so much abundance, it took them three days to gather it all. Read it. Go go back and read it. It took them three days to, to, to get all the spoil that they took from these people, from this army, those that was laying there in the desert slain. Why? Because when these people came, they knew that the armies of Judah were small. They knew they had the victory. They came with all their goods. They had their jewelry. They had all their belongings. They were coming, planning to drive them out. They were going to inhabit that land. So they brought it all with them. We ain't going to have to go back and get it. We know we're going to wipe out this little army. So it took Judah three days to carry off all the spoil. Because God gave them the victory. God gave them the victory. Over the next weeks and the next month, however long it takes, we must trust in the Lord our God. We must not be overcome with anxiety or fear, but we must trust in Him. Let's praise Him. Let's sing unto Him. Just like Paul would do in prison. If we feel like we're caught in prison in our own homes, let's just praise Him. Let's worship Him. Let's not be given to fear. Philippians 4. I can get fired up. There's only a couple people here. Because the Lord, the, the, the word of the Lord fires me up. Hallelujah. Philippians 4, 19 and 20 says, And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by, Jesus, by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, church, I'm speaking to the church. Let us be the ones to encourage our neighbors. Let us be the ones to lend a helping hand. Let us be the ones with the great courage and not fear. Not in our own strength, not in our own abilities, but in God's. Let the world see us, the church, the ones with the faith to trust in God's. The ones with the courage to trust in God. Let them see us Praising the Lord. Let them see us bowing before the Lord. Let them see us seeking God as Jehoshaphat did with all the little ones, all the children of Judah, seeking God. I want to close with John chapter 17. I didn't send this because I just added it this morning. John, actually, beginning in verse, chapter 16, verse 31 through 17.3. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Isn't that a good word for today? In this world, we're going to have tribulation. We're going to have troubles. But be of good cheer. Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Hallelujah. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Your Son, 
that your son also may, be, may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this, I love this verse right here. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. My friends, it all boils down to the most important thing is relationship. Relationship. This is eternal life. We don't know how many tomorrows we're going to have. None of us know that. We hope that we have many years. But this is eternal life. Our hope is that we will live for eternity with God. But only if we have a relationship with God. That they may know you. That's what Jesus said. That they may know the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ. As Karen began with that wonderful invitation. If you do not, if you're hearing this message today, or you might be hearing weeks from now, I don't know. But if you're hearing this message and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you do not know the Father, I invite you to seek Him. So much has been spoken about seeking Him today. If you seek Him, if we repent of our sins, He is faithful and just and will hear our prayers. Call out to Him. That's the most important thing in any of our lives is that we know God and we know His Son, Jesus Christ. That we know them personally. We know them as our Lord and Savior. That we have repented of our sins and believed on God. We can have eternal life. That is the blessed assurance that His Word gives us today, each and every day. As I've said many times, today is a day of salvation. Don't wait till tomorrow. Today, put your trust in Him. Put your faith in Him. Believe in Him. Make Him Lord of your life. And let Him have control of these lives. And be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Be of... Don't be discouraged. Don't, don't, don't be dismayed. But have faith and have great courage in Him to see you through whatever comes against us. Amen?